everyone, and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Ron Wilson, CEO at InterviewStream and the host of Talent Storm, where, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance cultures and teams. I'm excited to have Marty Gilbert with me today. Marty is the founder and CEO of the North Shore Executive Networking Group, Chicago's largest and fastest-growing job search, networking, and coaching organization. Prior to starting North Shore Executive Networking Group, Marty had 25 years of international experience in marketing, sales, and general management. Marty, welcome to the Talent Storm Podcast. I'm honored to have you with me today. Great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Ron. Would you mind, uh, before we jump into uh, the conversation, would you mind giving listeners a quick overview of your background as well as share, you know, what you're up to today? Yep. So my my background is is traditionally been marketing um, and, and marketing global teams, uh, managing organizations of anywhere from four to four hundred people. Um, I've also had opportunities to run sales teams both inside and outside the United States, as well as running some businesses. Um, the North Shore Executive Networking Group is an organization that I started and founded about 11 years ago. Um, I was in a job search myself at the time, and I've been through multiple searches. Um, so I've become pretty adept at, at being able to rebound and, uh, and acquire new employment uh, in a really quick order. Um, and I've applied those principles to everybody in the organization. Uh, what started with six people that I'd pulled together today is over 7,500 members. Um, most importantly, we've got more than 10 people landing new jobs jobs every week, even during COVID-19. Um, I've got seven people joining the group every day and all of our activities are online. Um, we had, you know, meetings of 100 to 150 people in person, um, but I was very easy uh, for me to transition uh, into the online world because I was already doing webinars. And so I've just turned all of our in-person workshops online, as well as my coaching and networking meetings. And uh, and so this has been a really seamless change for us during, during COVID and, and of course, it's been a very busy time because of the number of people that have been in job search. But there is a lot of good news to share with folks, you know, above and beyond a lot of what we've been hearing with the unemployment numbers. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I'm really intrigued by your background because I love the fact that you've got this 25 years of, of operating experience. And obviously, you, you've interviewed, you're interviewing, you're recruiting, you're hiring people. So you certainly have a lot of experience. And, you know, you, and it's not just, it's international. So you've done it for big companies, for small companies, you know. And, uh, and then you've started this, this networking, you know, group to, to help facilitate. And then you're also coaching people, yes. you know, which, which I just think, you know, you bring so many unique perspectives and I'd really love to kind of explore some of those. And, and, uh, if you'd indulge me, I'd love to start with the candidate side of things. And, and, and certainly, uh, um, and you know, on your background, we'll start there. You know, I, I, I've uh, gotten a snippet of the, uh, the what the hell approach to job search and I'd love for you to share with, uh, with our listeners, you know, what is that? What does that really mean? Yeah, well, I, I'm happy to announce today that my trademark just came through. Uh, so oh, what the hell approach to job search is officially a trademark um, activity that's owned and operated by myself and the North Shore Executive Networking Group. Um, awesome. You know, because I've grown up in the marketing environment, one of the things that most people in a job search need to know and understand is that the, the job search activity is 95% marketing. This is not an HR activity. It has nothing to do with talent recruitment. And quite honestly, those organizations have little to nothing to do with hiring. 
And this is where a lot of job seekers go wrong because a lot of people put their yeah. eggs in the HR basket. Uh, and, and, and that organization has, has really vir- virtually no influence on the hiring process. They are phone screeners on the front end. Um, but the what the hell approach is all about what the hell do you have to lose by doing things that other job seekers are not doing. Mm. Um, I've created this and, and have developed 13 what the hell moves. Um, and they're pretty, uh, by, by some people's standards, uh, they are very proactive. Um, some people may see them as somewhat aggressive, but they are not. They are the kinds of things that you need to do when you think of yourself as a product. I am a product. I have products and services that I can offer. I have value. And you've got to begin to market yourself as if you are a product. And so many of us were grown up in an environment where we talked about we, the team. This is your opportunity to brag about yourself because you're not bringing a team with you. It's about you marketing yourself. And, and there's so many ways that you can draw a lot of more attention to yourself, both in the online world as well as the offline world. This is where networking is so important because, you know, at least... of the job search is going to involve some aspect of your network or people that you haven't known. And most of the people that end up landing their next jobs, it's through somebody that they didn't know before they started their job search. And that's why always growing your network of contacts and connections on LinkedIn and outside of LinkedIn is so critical because these people are going to be in more times than not the path to your next career opportunity. And, you know, that's why I tell people uh, and particularly the folks that I coach so many folks that um, get rejected by the applicant tracking system when they apply to an online online ad. And unfortunately 90% of job seekers will spend, and almost 90% of their time going after online ads and it's just not a good use of their time. But I have coached a lot of folks who've gotten rejected by the applicant tracking system literally within 15 minutes. They've got this Dear John letter that says, sorry, but you're not a fit with what we're looking for. I've still been able to get them interviews because we go around that. It's just a piece of software um, and they don't have a voice. They don't really know you as a person um, and they're looking for keyword matches. It's search engine optimization driven. And so you go around them and you go to the people that have the influence, that have the decision making authority and own the budget. And that's people like the hiring manager, the hiring manager's peers, and that person if they have a boss. Um, And those are the people you've got a message to, and there's ways to get the word to them. But most importantly, your marketing and the ability to message effectively is what the job search is all about, because you've got to distinguish yourself from other folks. And let's face it, most jobs today have anywhere from one to 200 people responding to them easily. How do you stand out from that? You know, and that's where your network can help you and where you can most importantly help yourself. Yeah, no, I loved, uh, I, I loved, you know, one of, one of the things I jotted down when I was doing some research was, you know, don't empower the ATS, which you just, which you just talked about. No. Which, yeah. no. It's like, yeah, it's this piece of software that has no, no brain really, or intelligence around what it's doing. And, and, uh, you know, one of the other things, um, that, that I know you cover is around cover letters yeah. and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, kind of get your take on cover letters as well as your take on a video cover letter. And have you thought about that? Yeah. Interesting. And so I, I think one thing I want to make sure people um, that are listening to this understand when I talk about a cover letter, it's not a cover letter attachment to an email. It's the actual guts of the email itself. And, okay. and, and, and the reason why it's so important and, and, and what a cover letter or more importantly, an email can do that a resume and a LinkedIn profile cannot do. 
okay? And I want to distinguish the difference between them. Um, a resume is about less is more. And what I mean by that is how do I say more and more of the most important aspects about my background that are achievement driven in the fewest words possible? Right. This is this is why I grew up in this environment as a, as an advertising copywriter. It's about how do you say as much as you can in the fewest words possible, and it's not easy. Right. A LinkedIn profile, on the other hand, is about more is more. How do I say more and more of those keywords that are going to connect to the key skills that the recruiter or the hiring manager have put into the back end of a place like LinkedIn or into the ATS so that I have more and more keyword matches so that I'm going to rank high enough to be granted an interview or to be found by the ATS or be found by the hiring manager. Um, right. Those two things are absolutely important. But a cover letter, or more importantly, an email, can do that those two things can't do. It enables you to tell your story. There's so much content in a resume and so much content in a LinkedIn profile that a lot of people don't read them. They don't read them closely enough. And you're asking the reader to decipher what you've put down in tremendous amounts of content. But a, a, a cover letter or an email is the ability to connect the dots between your achievements in your background with the key requirements of the job. And it, it deciphers everything down to just a few bullet points. And this category with an achievement, the next category with an achievement, and on and on, and just a few of them, because you're just trying to capture the interest, but <clears throat> it, it evolves into storytelling. And you can't really tell the story in a resume or LinkedIn profile, because it's, it's too much for the, for the reader to have to suddenly decipher this job, this job, this job, how do I then think of this person relative to the position we're trying to fill? And a, a cover letter or email does that for the reader so effectively. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Um, and, you know, I mentioned video kind of as, as a means for, for a cover letter or to tell your story. And I'm just wondering, you know, have you seen people using that uh, medium at all? And kind of do you have a perspective on it? A little bit. <clears throat> now, I, I am a big believer in video, okay? And, of course, uh, my very first video that I did um, was the what the hell approach to job search. And when I first posted it onto about 50 LinkedIn groups, I got over 10,000 views within seven days. Okay? Wow. That's a lot of visibility. Um, at no cost to me, by the way, okay? Right. I could do that as a job seeker because video gets a lot more attention than an email or a LinkedIn profile um, because of the nature of its ability to engage your audience. But you got to keep them short, um, you know, maybe a minute, minute and a half. Right. But I've, I've had a few people in the group that have done some videos. And, and you know, a lot of people, it takes a lot of takes, right, you, to just get right. it right. Um, not everybody's comfortable. But one of the great things is that you can do this in the comfort of your own home. We've all got smartphones. They've got great cameras on them. And, and you, you're going you're gonna to put it on a tripod and, and you're going to go at it. Um, I, I do encourage people to do it. I encourage a lot of people to do um, videos and then post them on many LinkedIn groups that are in your industries or your job functions, because we can find them all. We can find them all by city by city even, which is fantastic. And when you post them out there, it gets a lot of people doing what you want them to do. And that's to come back and look at your LinkedIn profile and look at me and what, and the story I have to tell here. And what do they do? They either take an interest in you or they mention it to five and 10 other people. They take your URL, they forward it on to a bunch of other folks that they may, you know, want to let them know about your background. So I, I think it's a very effective way. 
Not everybody's cut out for making the videos because what you don't want to do is put a bad one out there because it's going to reflect poorly on you and not leave the impression you want. But I am absolutely a believer in, in doing it if you think you can do it well. Yeah, no, we're, uh, I'm obviously uh, consciously biased with video given uh, what, what we do as a, sure. as a company, but we also believe it's a great mechanism for recruiters and hiring managers to see more candidates because couldn't agree with you more. A resume is, is really not doing a candidate, you know, the service that it, you know, that they really need to tell their story and, and for a, a hiring manager to really understand who that person is and, and how they may be a great fit or a uh, particular organization. Um, you know, I'm curious. So I know you, you do a lot of coaching uh, with, with folks, uh, with candidates. And, um, and obviously, we're in a, an, an unprecedented time uh, of, of, uh, in the world, given everything we're dealing with. I'm just wondering, you know, how have you seen the mindset of, a can- of candidates change, you know, since the uh, pandemic began? You know, well, I, I think a, a lot of people obviously have come to the realization that there is a very different timeline today. Okay. There are a lot of opportunities that folks were working on that have been put on hold. Right. We're not just weeks, but for months. Um, so I think that a lot of candidates have come to the, the understanding and acceptance that, you know what, I have to accept the timeline that this company is on right now, and there's nothing I can do to change it. As, mu- as often as people would love to just send back a- emails continuing to sell themselves, um, it can it, it be pestering and it could, it could have you know, negative ramifications. There's nothing wrong with sharing things that keep you top of mind, um, but to keep asking about, you know, you know, when do you think we're gonna have an opportunity to resume the interview process is, is not gonna do you any, any good. Um, I, I've also found that, you know, that there are some job seekers as a result that are seriously considering starting up their own businesses. Okay. This is an opportunity um, for a lot of job seekers to, to reevaluate where they're at in their careers. And, and a lot of the folks in my group are between the ages of 35 and 65. So they're, they're, they're mature job seekers. They've already had a lot of great experience. And for some of them thinking, well, geez, this could take six to nine months. Maybe, maybe now is a good chance for me to think about something a bit more entrepreneurial. So I have had some of them um, that have gone into consulting or they've taken on mm-hmm. project work. And you can do that in tandem with a job search. There's nothing mm-hmm. to stop you from doing both. And I encourage people to do that because there is, you know, the fact is, is that a lot of pl- employers don't necessarily want to go all in on a great candidate right now because they're not sure when they can kind of turn their business around and afford somebody full time at a significant salary. So right. I tell people, offer a try and buy. Tell them, you know what? I recognize that you may not be ready to make this commitment right now. And in doing so, I'm willing to be very flexible with you. If you can carve out some work that you don't have the talent inside and you don't have the bandwidth to do this, let's define it and you can give it to me and I'll work on it for the next three weeks or three months. It's a way for that candidate to bring some revenue in right now, but it's also an opportunity for both the candidate and the company to see whether or not there's some chemistry between them. Because let me, let me tell you, and I've done this twice myself, I've taken on some try and buy opportunities um, that have worked into full-time roles because <clears throat> you're both trying to figure out whether or not this is the right place for you and, they, and whether or not they think you're the right place for them. And what better way than to, you know, to take a, a specific project and see if it works. And it off, if it does, it oftentimes, you know, migrates into something full-time and everybody wins. Um, I, I also, as, as you know, from my what the hell approach to job search, 
I encourage all the job seekers to go around the HR department. Okay. Yep. Um, I get to the people that, that have that decision-making authority and more and more of these folks are doing this, particularly in, in my organization. And I tell them to spend far less time, never spend more than 10% of your work week working on, you know, going after online ads. And if you have the right approach to cover letters or emails, you, you should be able to write those literally within about 20 minutes. Um, and, the, and, I, and I encourage people, make those answering online ads a weekend and evening activity and spend the core valuable parts of the day doing the networking, doing the research, finding people that can introduce you in and getting connectivity into the companies where you want to be, whether they have a job or not is really secondary because let's face it, about 40% of all the jobs that are out there are not advertised online. They're either in the thinking stage or by you reaching out to a company to promote and market yourself and they don't have a job today, you're gonna to be first in line uh, to, to be that candidate of choice if and when they do. And by getting a, a really interesting email from you, you just might spur some interest in them that say, you know what, let's bring him or her in here for a quick conversation or have a Zoom call and explore this because they bring some skills that we don't have. And you know what, we really need them. So I, 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 I a lot more of that. That is such a fascinating stat. I mean, you know, 40% of the jobs out there aren't advertised, you know, and, uh, and obviously the approach that you're talking about is, is helping people circumvent and find, you know, the, uh, the blockers in HR and, and actually get to the decision makers and the people who actually create the opportunities and, and make the decisions on, on filling those. Yeah, I mean, this is what, I mean, you and I know this, right? We, I refer to it as the hidden job market, but the fact is, is that at some point in time before a job gets posted online, it's sitting up here. It's sitting up right. here with somebody. They're thinking about it, but they haven't yet posted it. Great, let's circumvent those 200 to one odds. Let's send that email off to them, promoting myself with three great bullet points on why I'm a great candidate for, for this company. You don't even know that they have a role. And, and guess what? <laughs> they may never post it because of what they've received from you. And now your, your odds are now one to one instead of 200 to one. And I like that a lot more. Yeah, those those odds are certainly a lot better, and 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 I loved what you talked about, you know, because I, I um, you know, it's times like this where uh, you you talked about entrepreneurialism, and you're seeing a lot of the the folks that are that are part of your organization in um, in your network deciding to uh, do entrepreneurial things, and and uh, you know the the irony is entrepreneurialism was on the decline, yeah, um, pre COVID, and it's this you know this type of opportunity you know uh, unfortunate situation will create opportunities for for many folks to go into uh, on, you know to be an entrepreneur, and then the other the other thing that you mentioned that I that I also think is great is um, you know the way I'll put it that you said is is leaning into the gig economy. You know, being open to be a consultant, a prod, you know, do, running, doing projects and, and kind of being a freelancer out there and especially, you know, the demographics of the folks that, that uh, you're targeting that 35 to 65 group, you know, certainly brings a lot of experience and talent to, to the table and, you know, would, I would anticipate have a, have a lot of demand for, for their skills. Yeah. And, you know, Ron, and one reason why I tell people, you don't have to go all in on this entrepreneurial thing. Don't let that be a hundred percent of your time because it's tough. Because if you're yeah. not comfortable in a sales role, because in any you know consulting or entrepreneurial setting, you're going to be that salesperson in addition to, to doing the work. And that's right. the peaks and valleys of being a consultant. Oh, yeah. 
You know, when, when you got that, that, that assignment, you're not out marketing and, and business developing Well, you always have to do that. But the same is true with the job search and doing consulting or project work. You can do both. You can still always parcel off, you know, 20 hours a week to your job search while you do, you know, the consulting or project work, whether it's hunting for projects or actually, actually doing the work on a project. So you can do them in tandem. And I think that's really important to job seekers. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was uh, talking to a, a good good colleague and friend of ours, uh, James Hornick from Hirewell, who's a, a recruiter, probably familiar with those those sure. guys, a Chicago firm, and and he was talking about you know candidates have more choice now and flexibility now that you know what they're seeing is more and more candidates are having multiple opportunities because they can entertain more things in this virtual world versus, you know, scheduling, getting in the car, spending two hours to get down there, you know, all the logistics of taking time off and you don't have to do that now. We can facilitate a conversation like this over video and, uh, you know, you can actually, uh, you know, it increases the opportunities and you can multitask, if you will, in, in kind of your endeavors, like you said. Yeah. As long as you mentioned it, Ron, I I, I will just touch on one quick thing here is that, one of the things that we're finding in COVID-19, particularly what companies are coming to the realization of is, you know what, I can actually empower and trust my people to work from home and be productive. Jeez, what a brainstorm, huh? Right. Exactly. I mean, finally, <laughs> as a worker in a company, I've known this for years and I always, you know, tried to be flexible with allowing people to have flexible schedules and, and to work from home when they needed to. But I think what we're going to find a big paradigm shift here is that a lot of companies, given this, are going to come to the realization, you know what, it's okay for people to work from home. Given yeah. that, for the job seeker, this is going to open up a significantly more number of opportunities cool. because the person in Chicago no longer has to only look for for Chicago-based jobs. You could be working for a company right. in Houston, LA, New York, Boston. It doesn't matter because right. if those companies are receptive to remote workers, it doesn't matter if that remote worker is working from home in their home city or working from home in some place that's you know 700 miles away. Um, right. And and with with technology like Zoom and others like this, we can stay in touch. We can communicate. Right. We can get FaceTime, you know, with each other by using a vehicle like this. So, you know, I, I think it will change the way that companies work. And of course, a lot of companies that invested in commercial real estate um, for their campuses and things like that, boy, those places are going to become ghost towns for a lot of companies. And so, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be a huge cost savings for a lot of firms as well. Cut, cut down on those big, large campuses or those big buildings where you owned, you know, 10 floors in it. Now you can have, you know, you know, one, one, tenth of the number of employees actually working in an office and everybody can be working remote. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, 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 I told all my real estate friends as soon as COVID hit, start shorting commercial real estate because uh, this work from home movement has now reached its tipping point. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 plus years in my career. And, you know, I've, I've always said leadership transcends geography. Yeah. And um, not only is the job pool increasing on the candidate side, but the candidate pool is increasing on the organizational company side. And, you know, because of this notion, people realize something like, wait a minute, we can be productive and effective and drive, you know, positive outcomes. And I don't have to physically be in an office. 
you're going to see employee engagement increase. You're going to see, you know, job satisfaction increase. People like in Chicago, not having to commute two hours every day, they're getting a bunch of time back. I mean, I think there's a, there's many positive effects that, uh, that the candidates and the hiring teams and, and organizations are all going to reap, you know, from this as, as we move forward. Yeah. I'm and tremendous productivity that. gains, you know, I mean, I think yeah. what you'll find is that people actually work longer hours when they're working from home. Right. Because right. your office is just down the hall. Right. Right. And it's so easy to go back in there and do a little bit more work. And of course, your day doesn't have to start at 830 because you've had this one hour commute. Right. <laughs> you can actually start at 730. You can start at whatever right. time you want and you can go as long as you want. So I, yeah. I think the companies really make out on this. Yeah, absolutely. But I can tell you as a CEO, I'm also very hypersensitive to burnout because, you know, what I also don't want my team to do is be working all the time because, you know, they need a, a well-rounded, you know, life, a more holistic approach to things to to be productive when they're at work and not just be grinding it, you know, because there's nothing else to do. So yeah. we're certainly trying to encourage people to, you know, just don't work constantly because, uh, you know, and, and, and take the breaks that you need and break up your day and, you know, and, 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 you know, and I don't think the world, the, the, uh, the business world today is an eight to five either because of, you know, technology now, um, you know, I'd love to just switch gears a bit and uh, flip over to the, to the recruiter perspective and get your take on, you know, you obviously work with candidates all the time. You see uh, the mistakes that the candidates make all the time, but you know, what are the mistakes you see the hiring managers and recruiters make that, that really, um, manifest itself into them not reaching uh, the, the talent or, or really taking advantage of all the talent that's really out there for them. Okay. I, I, I'm going to start at a high level first. Sure. With a, um, with a notion um, that I have seen from having worked in a lot of, lot of large companies and smaller companies. I've worked in, in, a, in a few Fortune 100s and I've worked in a lot of mid-sized firms. Inherently, HR the HR function typically does not attract a lot of very high talent, high performing people into that job. It just doesn't. A lot of the very high performing people want to go into the operation. They want to go into sales, marketing, operations, general management, um, finance, things that are really actively involved in the business. And so I think that's, that's an one unfortunate shortcoming and it affects not just the HR department, but particularly recruiting. Um, because one of the things that is inherent in the recruiting process is the phone screen. Right. And who's doing the phone screens? It's junior people that maybe are under the age of 30, but more importantly, they don't know and understand the business. They're sitting here with a checklist of 15 job requirements and they're just checking the boxes as they're talking to the candidate for half an hour or 45 minutes. Um, but they never took the time to understand what this job is really about. They can't be credible with the interviewer. They can't answer any questions with any level, level of depth. Um, and, and I think that's unfortunate um, mm -hmm. because it's the first experience that any candidate's gonna have with this company. And if what the company is doing is putting the face of somebody out there who really is not credible in front of the candidate, I got to tell you, I have a lot of candidates that lose interest real quick in the company. Right. Um, these, these recruiters have not been trained properly. Okay. And they need to go on rotations. They need to go on rotations of these various departments because they're going to try to find candidates, qualified candidates for finance, operations, sales, marketing, supply chain, any number of part of this company. But if they don't really understand what those departments and those jobs are really about, 
the first impression is going to be a pretty bad one. And I, right. I, have, I hear about it constantly from job seekers. Um, the, the other thing, you know, I've got a few others here. You know, let's just take the applicant tracking system, the ATS. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Why was that invented? Why did it get invented? I, I think in part because the, the HR department was real not, not very effective at evaluating the talent. So they resided to a piece of software to provide keyword matches versus a resume um, uh, as opposed to the, the job skills. Okay, it, it's a great quick automated way. It's a way to alleviate um, workload from that recruiting department, but it's not always getting you the best candidates. It, it, it's right. a word match and a lot of good candidates never get seen because right. they didn't rank high enough with the ATS. Um, and and an, a, another thing is I think that there is some stereotype around individuals who are unemployed on the part of the hiring company on recruiters. And I think a lot of recruiters would prefer to have a candidate who is employed because they may be thinking, well, this individual is unemployed for a reason. Maybe they're an underperformer. And God, in today's world, that is absolutely false. Absolutely right. false. There are so many great people that are unemployed today because right. of nothing that they've done, uh, but particularly because of the economic situation that we're all facing. And, and it's right. unfortunate. Um, and, and this whole notion of ghosting, uh, I've seen it personally. Crazy. Yes. So many candidates today, not just unique to today. It's been going mm -hmm. on for a long time. You know, right. so many individuals, they, they're, they're going through the interview process and they've already gone through three and four rounds of interviewing. And then there's complete silence. It is so inconsiderate. There's no reason for this. I mean, at least if this candidate is not being considered anymore, take the courtesy and write a short email and let them know that you've gone in another direction because this is so aggravating for job seekers and you, you really need to appreciate what they're going through. You know, they right. may be the only, you know, source of financial support for their family. They may have two kids in college and, you know, they're thinking, I, you know, I, I'm in the running here, but weeks are going by and they're not hearing anything. And it absolutely is infuriating and very frustrating for them because they want to be very careful on the, how they communicate back with the company. Right. Um, but, you know, people that are, on the, that are on the recruiting and need to be a lot more conscious of this and considerate right. to the, the folks that have invested their time, you know, in this potential opportunity because they, they did take the opportunity to interview, particularly multiple times. Um, right. and, and I think the last thing is that there are so many companies that decide not to decide. And this mm -hmm. has nothing to do with COVID and it has everything to do with a company's inability to pull the trigger. Right. There's a lot of great talent out there, but oftentimes the biggest competition for a job seeker is a company's inability to make a decision. And I've seen this so many times myself where I've gone through four and five, six rounds. I've even had companies that have told me when I was in job search, you know what, you're the only candidate standing. But you know what, we've been without a VP of marketing for six okay. months now, and we're just not sure if we're, we're, we wanna move forward with this. And, and, and these are healthy companies, but right. oftentimes, you know, the culprit is the management team's inability to, to go ahead and, and move forward with somebody. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, it's very expensive for companies. And I don't know if they quantify this, 
But let's think about this a second. You know, you're trying to fill a position that is for a candidate that might be making anywhere from say 100 to $250,000, okay? It's taken you now four to six months to find that right candidate, okay? That's complete downtime where there's no contribution being made. Yeah. And let's assume you do pull the trigger. It's gonna take that candidate potentially three more months to get up to speed and be productive. It's nine months. Of, of absolutely no contribution being made when somebody in a key role leaves your company or you ask them to leave. So the ability to make decisions in, in, a, in a pretty respectable period of time is so critical to a company because when you go without these critical roles being filled, let me tell you, it not only do you not get the contribution, but you're pushing off those additional responsibilities onto other key people in the company who are becoming, as you said, overwhelmed and overworked. And, and right. let's face it, it could exacerbate their ability to leave the company because they just feel like they're being taken advantage of. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I say, you know, no hires or bad hires are the biggest, you know, uh, risk to an organization's performance and their ability to execute. You know, when you when you bring in the wrong person, are you you, you like you you like you're talking about now? You're unable to decide and, and make a decision. And those those opportunity costs and that time is you know is incredibly costly. You know, um, you know, I always talk about a lot of people focus on time to fill and time to hire. And I go, those the, you know those are interesting recruiter type metrics, but they really don't drive effective outcomes. Um, because when when you know you you get the wrong person in the right role or the right person in the wrong role, that leads to turnover. And, and, and then you ensue all the costs and things that, you know, that we were just talking about. So, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, you know, stuff on that front. So, you know, I know we've, um, you, you've given some interesting perspective, you know, from the, the candidate side, from the recruiter side, I think, you know, from, um, you know, how organizations can up their game and, and be more aware of some of the things that they're doing that may be counterproductive um, to, uh, to their organization that may be hurting their brand, uh, maybe tarnishing them in the marketplace because how they're treating candidates. Um, I think you, you've shared some great uh, tidbits from the candidate side and the things that they can be doing different to, you know, get, to get out of that 200 to one uh, ratio and get more to a one to one, you know, type opportunity. Um, which I think is fantastic. Is there anything else? Uh, I know we're, you know, kind of coming up on time here. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? Well, you know, I, I do want the job seekers in particular to know and understand, you know, you're, you're all going to land. And, and the, one th- the one question that you can't answer and that I can't answer is how long is it going to take? Mm. But I will tell you one way, and I've proven it not only to myself, but to the 1,800 individuals that I've helped land new jobs, is that you will shorten that time frame if you get out of your comfort zone and if you are creating an outbound marketing campaign, viewing yourself as a very valuable product and getting the word out through your network, through LinkedIn, through email campaigns, and, and, and developing, most importantly, a target company list that really solidifies who is the audience you want to go after because now I want to make them all aware of what I bring to the table. And it starts with your value proposition summary, the section that sits at the top of your resume, sits in the about section, your LinkedIn profile. This has got to be crisp. I can help anybody with all of these things. I do it through my coaching, but there are other things that NSCNG brings to candidates. We've got all these webinars, we've got these online workshops, online meetings. And I encourage people to join the group. It's free. The website is nsengink.com. 
You go right to our home play page, you join, and immediately you're going to get two free videos from me, one that's 60 minutes, one that's 90 minutes, and it's about how to find a job during COVID, and a Q&A session where I'm answering all kinds of questions from different members in the group. To me, there's no downside here. And absolutely, yeah. the what the hell approach, is, it, to me, is the answer to so many job seekers, because you've got to look and act different. There's a lot of competition out there, especially today. And you can't just sit back and hide behind your computer answering online ads. It's going to really lengthen the time at which it's going to take for you to land. Um, and by being a lot more proactive, greater things are going to happen with greater frequency. I love it. And I love what you're doing and the positive impact you're making on so many people's lives and, and really helping people be the best versions of themselves, represent themselves well, and, and really find a, a great opportunity that, that they will thrive in. So thank you on behalf of, uh, of the universe on, on what you're doing to make a positive impact in, in people's lives and, and, and really make a difference. So yeah. um, that was an amazing conversation. Uh, you know, I'd like to thank you for your time today and insights. Um, obviously, you 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 uh, you rattled off uh, a couple things uh, as far as uh, people connecting with you. But you know, would you mind sharing again? You know, what's the best way for people to uh, to reach you, Marty? Yep, they can come to our website. That's nsenginc.com. That's the North Shore Executive Networking Group. We're based in the Chicago area, but everything we do is global in nature because it's all online. They can email me at martygilbert1 at gmail.com, M-A-R-T-Y-G-I-L-B-E-R-T, the number one at Gmail. They should join our LinkedIn group. There's a lot of great conversation going on there as well. Um, and, 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 and take advantage of all the resources that are out there. I've got a library of over you know, 11 different you know, webinar recordings that are available today immediately. Everybody can take advantage of those um, and get active in the group. You know, As you get more involved, you're going to get a lot more out of it. You know, but people, I want really people to feel very encouraged because there is a lot of good things going on out there. You should be a part of it and you can, if you're willing to get yourself active. I love the empowerment that you're creating there. That's awesome. So that's a wrap uh, with, uh, with Marty Gilbert. Uh, appreciate uh, those of you who are listening. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream. We'd also really appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and a review. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Marty, thanks again for joining us today. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's all good. Cheers, everyone.